Mojo Store. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Dojo Storm podcast. I am your host, Shane Mount, and as always, joined by my co-host, Ash the White Belt. What's up, Ash? What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not doing bad. It is, uh... oh man, it's late. Just wrapped up training and uh, had a little dinner and knocked this podcast out. So what's new? What's going on in your world? Nothing. Still... Nursing an injury, so can't train right now. A little bit sad. So, have you seen a doctor yet or anything like that? No, but I did make an appointment, so I am going to go in and get seen. Good, good. How are you? How are you dealing with with all of it? I mean, this is your first real show stopping injury in your jiu jitsu career, and that seems to be when we take questions. Uh, we've had a couple come into the email and all like how do you deal with injuries and all like this is your chance what are you doing I didn't deal with it well at first I thought that I was invincible and I could just push through it what did we learn there (laughs) that I re-injured it over and over it's been about four weeks so it's time to go get seen and really rest I'm really resting now now you're lucky you're in a position where you actually work in a physical therapy environment and you understand maybe a little better than some of what's actually wrong with you. Um, But I still think even with that experience going and seeing an actual, you know, medical professional, I think that's very wise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there any, so exactly what, what do you think you've heard at this point? It is plain to understand English for those of us who are not physical therapists. It's simple, really. It's probably a pulled muscle. I mean, I don't know where, and I don't know which muscle. It feels like it's in the rib area. Um, But there's a joke in the physical therapy world that we are our own worst patients. We don't listen to anything that we normally would tell our clients or patients. And I fell into that category. So, I can't remember. Did we talk about the last episode, how it happened, or or you just said you were rolling? I think I did touch on it a little bit. I mean, I was there, so I know you said you were you were like playing some spider guard, and I think I was actually watching that roll, and uh, you were you were doing pretty well on the bottom. Um, your opponent, not a lot bigger than you, really nice guy, wasn't being forceful or or rough or anything just kind of turned and tweaked wrong, and and that yeah. was it. Yeah, I, it felt like an awesome role, it, and my partner was being, you know, really good, nice to me, and um, it didn't feel like I was muscling through anything. I just, yeah, I definitely moved funky. And Is that a medical term? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I used that in my notes. Hmm. In all seriousness, um, we discovered that because I've lost weight over the course of the last few months, I also lost a lot of muscle, core strength. And so I need to 
build that up again. So I've been really focusing on cardio. And Would you say you lost core strength or that you're now doing something that is just make you realize you never really had it in the last couple of years? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's an important difference. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you were a power lifter or something and you came in and you shed off a lot of, you were the run of the mill stay at home mom <laughs> chasing a toddler around the house and lifting yes. her and groceries and laundry. And, and that was really the extent of the home workouts here and there, but nothing. Yes. But I, I mean, I'm not a stranger to being, it, this is a different type of being an athlete. But how long ago was that? And that's important. A while. So you told me <laughs> the weekend warriors, you call them, mm-hmm. reliving high school and come in with the flag football and the softball league injuries. Is it possible <laughs> that you have slipped into that category because you're reminiscing on the dance and sports days of your teens and early 20s and now post-childbirth, it's not how you once thought it was? Yes, 100%. Oh. Okay, good. I bring it up because there are people listening. There are, there are females out there listening who are in the same boat. Yeah. It's... Well, that would be a whole nother podcast that I would be extremely invested in because women don't get enough physical therapy after childbirth, and I believe that they need it, especially after surgery. Yeah, I have no... No, yeah, I got nothing. That'll be a podcast. All of you and me going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, good. Put you in that seat. Mm-hmm. I'll just record it ahead of time, and you can just push the button mm-hmm, 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 when you want a response. Because yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I've had you know jaw-related injuries, combat sports-related injuries that I've had to recover, but that's a whole different animal. You know, motherhood mm-hmm. and such. I, I don't. But I think a lot of women who are getting into jiu-jitsu and it seems like there are more and more women getting into jiu-jitsu in their late 20s to early 40s range um maybe were athletes 10 15 20 years ago maybe never were and are just intrigued by jiu-jitsu whether it be for the self-defense aspect or whatever but they're just jumping in and finding out it's hard Mm -hmm. and it's it's not just women you get a lot of men too it's like you talk about the weekend warriors the guy who was on the wrestling team of his high school in the 80s or, or did a semester of judo in college 15 years ago. Right. Um, and they're dealing with it too. I think the women... I'm going to lose so many followers. <laughs> I think the women probably actually deal with it a little better just because as men, ego is a little more our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not entirely true because your ego is probably what has drawn this recovery process out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of what I was going through also is ego, which is I have a really high pain threshold. So I can push through maybe more than I should. I'm so glad that that's in recording. Why? So that later, when you complain during training, <laughs> I can just hit the button. I have a really high pain threshold, <laughs> and I can just push through. Can I just say... Nope, it's already recorded. Done. <laughs>
more than a normal woman my age. How do you know? That was ego too. Yes, that is true. <laughs> it is true. You're right. Hmm. Mm. Too many Marvel movies. Superwoman <laughs> over here. Well, yes. Superwoman, is it possible that your injury was brought on by your ego? Yeah, probably. I mean, it could have been. I'm going to say 100%. And it's not just you. Yeah. It's the majority of, of injuries, I think, among new jiu-jitsu students. They don't... Everyone likes to make jokes about how spastic white belts are and how they just hurt you in all time. And it's true. White belts knee me in the junk and elbow me in the teeth and bump heads with me and whatever. Um, but I think the majority of the the injuries that come in that first six months or a year in that white belt is people injuring themselves, focusing so hard on not losing, on defending something, you know, like uh, someone slaps that arm bar on you and you just pull with all you got until you pop something or they slap the choke on you and you're just resisting so hard and holding your breath and whatever until you bust some cartilage or you, you hurt something of yourself, you know, um, just waiting to tap or I'm not going to lose to this person on a Monday night in a room full of people I know with no audience, no cash on the line, no, no anything. Just yeah. a regular run-of-the-mill training. It's so important for people to not lose instead of just, oh, that was cool, tap, high five, show me that later, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. I think most of the injuries I've seen as an instructor among the newer jiu-jitsu students are self-induced, holding the breath, overstraining, not relying on the movements from, like, warm-up drills and things instead of, like, oh, I could just frame here, hip escape there. It's like, oh, I can do a max bench press bridge. <laughs> and then something gives. Mm-hmm. So. Pops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's good that you got to experience this early, though. Would have been nice if it wasn't quite so close to... You know, competing. <laughs> Tournaments come and go. I mean, if worst case you can't do this next one, there will be others. You know, it's not like, and this isn't, for those who don't know, Ashley's preparing for a uh, grappling industries, which is, uh, I don't know if they may, they may or may not come to your area. It's just a traveling circuit. It's not, not high profile, not anything. We're not talking like you're going to miss the Pan Americans or the Worlds or anything. Like, this is just, uh, <laughs> it's like the carnival. It rolls around every couple months. Trailers open, mats roll out. A box full of medals that two days ago were in some other town get laid out on a table. Like, it's not the end of the earth if you miss this one. And even if you can't compete, there's still something to be had for going and watching the people in your division and mentally studying and mm-hmm. so you make that that face but <laughs> here's what happens mm. you guys new students fall in and I don't even want to say white belts because it 
trickles into the blue too. Like you guys get hurt and then you start with the best intentions. Like, oh, I'm still going to go to every class and watch. And that's the right way. And then it just puts me in a bad mood to watch everyone train or it just, it hurts me so bad to watch everyone train or blah, 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 blah. Quite painful. To the point where you guys just go, I'll just be better off if I don't go. Which means you've studied zero jujitsu that day. Well, I'll just watch YouTube or I'll just this or that. And you break the routine. And then it's easy not to go. It's easy to fall out of touch with your dojo or academy's community. It's just, it's a horrible slope. Mm-hmm. When I tore my meniscus, I was still in there every day. Every day. Yeah. I've got pages of notes from that time that later people hey can I get a copy of that yeah it is interesting what I've picked up watching when taking notes I've picked up things that I miss when I'm drilling but yeah it is very difficult to sit out and watch other people do it it's very difficult when you're sitting out and you can't participate you're forced to focus on the how of everything, (laughs) which has been a recurring theme in a lot of our conversations. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't do it, so when when you're in a classroom environment and you see it, what you're seeing is the starting position and the end result, and then you're just trying to duplicate. Mm -hmm. When you don't get a chance to start and then duplicate the end result, all you can do is focus on everything in between, the how, the position, the grip, the concept that makes it work. So studying jiu-jitsu, actually studying, not participating, is a whole other aspect to your training that shouldn't be ignored, even when you're healthy. Mm-hmm. So I teach and I train and I study on my own time. And I'm studying not even at this point a lot of instructional footage, right? I'm studying competition footage. I'm watching jiu-jitsu players, judo players, my body type, my size, and how they're reacting to different situations and how they're approaching different situations and seeing the how and not the end result. Mm. I've watched so many of the same matches over and over and over again and I still can't like tell you who wins and what the final score is because I'm the end result's not important. What I'm looking at is the application. Right. And if you're skipping class, then you're skipping that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So when it comes back to an ego thing, well, I would just rather not go. I'd yeah. rather not. I don't need to go. I don't need that layer of training. Well, (laughs) disagree. It's not that I don't think I need it. I know I need it. But yeah, the ego gets in the way. Like, this sucks. Like, to watch other people, they get to drill. Why did I do this to myself? (laughs) Well, and that's an interesting question, too. Why, Why did I do this to myself? Or why did this happen to me? And I tell you all the time, you're not what? Special. You're not special, (laughs) right? Like, you play this game long enough, you're going to tear something. 
you're going to break something. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend more money on tape than you do on geese. <laughs> you know, ice packs, heat packs, chiropractor visits, mm-hmm. physical therapists. I have a host of chirp wheels, so spines, foam rollers, jigsaw massage, <laughs> like a toy chest of things that are supposed to make me not feel old and broken. Mm-hmm. Like that's part of this game. So it's like they say with motorcycle riders, it's not like if you're going to go down, it's just a matter of when you go down. Yeah. Right. Like in jujitsu is the same way. Like look at any, any black belt with over a decade in the sport and ask them to hold their hand straight out. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> there was this famous picture. I don't know if it was Paulo or, or Joao Miao, but it was like a black and white photo of their hands. And it was just super disgustingly beautiful. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to. Gnarled. Yeah. Like just the, and these guys are in their mid, late twenties. Yeah. Um, fat arthritic knuckles and digits going in the wrong directions. And you guys like to tease me about my hands when mm-hmm. I, I'm very animated and I talk with my hands and the fingers go in different directions. And if I try to hold up two points, you get like two and a half. Cause like a pinky kind of sticks out too. <laughs> it's like a involuntary <laughs> shocker. <laughs> and that's just a, a lifetime of, you know, jiu-jitsu, judo, wrestling, uh, Kyokushin karate, MMA, all that. And martial arts as a whole is really healthy mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Physically, not so much. Like, yeah. And I don't know how anyone could package it as like, this is the greatest thing for you. I mean, you're, you're practicing war. You're, you're simulating combat every day. Things get broken. Things get busted, misaligned, tweaked, twisted, pulled. You know, it's, that's war. Mm. Things are going to break down. That's it. That's interesting that you say that that way. I've never heard it like that. No one ever thinks of it. It's always there. It's always in front of you. And what is, when you go to roll, you slap and you bump. And this person isn't your enemy, but they are your opponent. And what's your job? To defend. If that was your job, you would never learn submissions. You would only learn escapes. Mm. Your job is to control and then attack and finish. Mm. Even by defense, we're defending by finishing. This is war. Mm. Someone has to win. Now, ours is in a simulated training environment, and the outcome is not important who wins. It should be the process, but I don't know if you heard sometimes we make the joke, like, I'm like, all right, guys, get water and come back, and we're going to do simulated homicide. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Yeah. You slap that choke on someone a little longer after the tap, that's it. Right. It's a lot of teary eyes and slow singing. Oh, God. That's what happens. (laughs) So, it's war. To a degree. Mm. Forever ago, this is how war was actually fought. Everyone needs to keep that in mind. Where martial arts come from. The word martial very much just denotes military. Mm 
Mm. Everything that we're doing, jiu-jitsu stemming from judo, judo stemming from the original jiu-jitsu, this was all battlefield craft. And I think we need to remember that. And what comes along with that is the respect side of things, which has been terribly lost. Mm -hmm. I think a really good example of that is what's going on all over the internet here this last week or two. And I know in episode one we said that this podcast would never be about jiu-jitsu drama or whatever, and we're not going to make this the Gordon Andre episode because it's not that. And I don't want to sit here and judge those guys. Mm -hmm. But I will say I've had some conversations with some friends, and this whole thing has just... I don't even want to say disappointed. Disappointed is like when you didn't think this could happen. The reality is sad because I've been watching it happen. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the difference between martial artists and fighters is so, it's not a fine line. It's not, it's a huge, it's a gap. It's a canyon, right? Like, I saw this uh, quote the other day. And I don't want to screw it up, so I wrote it down. Where did I put it? So this is from Grandmaster Huang Ki, who is a, uh, a very high-level uh, Korean martial artist, um, founder of the school of Tang Soo Do, Mudu Kwan. And the quote was, I look around today and I feel saddened. Many students of martial arts do not have respect for their teachers. All they want to learn is punching and kicking. This is not martial arts. It is only fighting. And this is something I say all the time, that a martial artist is a fighter. But a fighter is not always a martial artist. There's a big difference. And then one of the things that separates us as human beings from animals is respect the ability to respect your friends, your family, your teacher, your fellow students, but most importantly, your enemies. Mm. There should always be mutual respect between enemies. If you don't have respect for someone and their abilities, then they're not even really on your level to really be your enemy. And I think what's going on with the, it started with MMA where when we were kids, we used to watch like the, the WWE, the fake wrestling, the trash talk and the name calling. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting. And, and we as Westerners, we love drama. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, you could just look at everything from our pop culture, our social media to our presidential election and candidates and we love drama Mm -hmm. and we don't value respect we watched Mm -hmm. a presidential debate regardless of what side of the line you were on and we watched two grown men insult each other with things that we would hear our children say Mm -hmm. that's not very presidential and now we've got two 
well-known black belts, and that's important, black belt first, athlete second. Mm. And so one of the conversations I had with my friends was, I said we should have higher standards, and I would not want my students or my children to look up to these people. Mm-hmm. And my friend's response was, I don't have my students look up to athletes. They're there for our entertainment. And he's not wrong, wow. right? But the difference is these aren't football players or basketball players or whatever. What we do isn't just a game. Martial arts is a culture. It's a lifestyle. Uh, it's a, a system of beliefs and practices. And when you reach the black belt, it's not the highest level, but it's a level where it's just kind of assumed you have a mastery. I don't even like that word. It's assumed that you have a, a deep understanding or grasp of everything that goes into it beyond the punch, the kick, the choke, the, the lock, the whatever, right? That's just the fighting. Mm-hmm. But the discipline, the respect, the integrity, these things, they're supposed to be into a black belt. So these two guys who are black belts first, they should remember that. And this all started before the video of the taunting and the slap and everything. This has been going on for months on social media. Yeah, there's a huge buildup. Absolutely. And it it back and forth and back and forth with just the complete lack of respect. If... This person is good enough that you want to have words with them. Then the words should just be a simple, open invitation Mm -hmm. to compete. Mm -hmm. If it's really about finding out whose jujitsu was better, then everyone would want to bend over backwards to create that scenario where we could get the answer. Mm -hmm. But that's not what it's about. No one really wanted to find out who the best is. Mm -hmm. It was, this guy says this, this guy says that, this guy posts this meme, tags that person. It's just, and the two people involved are not even the only ones to blame. Mm -hmm. The rest of the martial arts community that bought into, supported, liked, shared, reposted, that fueled this crap are to blame. Right. It's so interesting because, I mean, they have students and they teach. They have so many people that are looking up to them. And it's interesting you bring that up because people from both sides of this feud started to follow that lead. There are students of Andres who suddenly on their social media platforms were calling out people and acting erratically when just months ago they weren't doing that. That's terrible. And we're not here to bash anyone. Gordon Ryan, Andre Gaval, they'll both kick my ass, right? I'm a black belt. They're black belts. We talked about this on the other episode. There's levels. I'm not on theirs. (laughs) Their technical abilities far surpass mine. I'm not saying I'm better instructors. 
they both created champions. Like, I'm not putting myself anywhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. But what I do have is the ability to control myself. And even if I thought those things, what I wouldn't do would make a, a public spectacle. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. At that point, I embarrass my students, my friends, my family. My instructors that poured into me, I misrepresent everyone. Mm -hmm. And you can't get that back. Yeah. Once it's on the internet, it's there forever. Yeah. We talked about the micro adjustment guy like a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. All right. Like, I think he tried to take that post down after it was too late. Yeah. Screen captured, liked, shared, tweeted. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, Mm These things, and I don't personally know either of the two black belts we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I have to think and I want to believe that if we were here with them in the room and the mics were off and this wasn't going out to the internet, that both of them would deeply regret this entire thing. I would hope so. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know that to be true anymore. I definitely don't think that they <laughs> I mean I think they tried to cover up well Andre did at least but I think Gordon was treating it even after the fact as a joke uh, I'm king of the unpopular opinion I think we've pretty much covered that every time we make an episode <laughs> I expect this type of behavior from Gordon Ryan. Mm -hmm. I think everyone does. Here's the guy who wore the Burger King crowns and told everyone he was the king of grappling (laughs) until he had some more money and had a crown made. That's his thing. Yeah. And I don't know him personally, and maybe he's not like that at all. Maybe this is like the the Marilyn Manson effect for shock value. I can just be this person publicly and get this attention. And that attention has gotten him opportunities. No, I don't even want to say that. I don't want to feed into that bullshit. Gordon's talented. Mm -hmm. Gordon's talent got him opportunities. Mm -hmm. I've seen his instructional stuff. He's a good teacher. He could have carried it so different and been just as popular. Right. But he, we watched like the WWE and the fake wrestling and that poured over into MMA in the, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s. You had like the Tito Ortiz, Frank Shamrock stuff and that just spilled over and people thought jiu-jitsu wasn't exciting so they had to like hype it up. First, if you don't think jiu-jitsu is exciting, you're an idiot. Because this is the most intricate game of chess out there. And jiu-jitsu sells itself. We don't need to do this to it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't need to become a a three-ring circus or a spectacle to sell. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the behavior of these two undermines everything everyone else in the community and the sport is trying to do. Mm-hmm. You have the the Marcelo Garcias, the 
That was the first name that came to mind. <laughs> That's like the the most cool, chill, no enemies, happy, quintessential black belt. Like that was the first thing that came to mind. I mean, obviously Hobson Moore comes to mind because we have a close personal relationship and he's my instructor. But mm-hmm. even in the last 10 years with around him, I've never heard him say anything, even behind closed doors, about anyone. Not even people he's fought against. Mm-hmm. I even try to like bait him. Like, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? He never has anything bad to say about anyone. Mm-hmm. I think the worst he would ever say was like, all oh, he's really good. His style doesn't fit me. Mm-hmm. Which isn't even an insult. It's a compliment still. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really good. I just, I can't do what he does because I'm built different. Mm-hmm. And that's, these are the black belts you want to look up to. You know, where it's about developing and furthering, spreading the art and not selling it. Yeah. That's, that was really unfortunate after because it really did make them very popular. They were all over. But that's a Western mindset. Like, that's, we love drama. Yeah. Like, it just played into it. Like, like if you get exactly like if you get like some rapper to diss another rapper on a mixtape, like suddenly that was like a year or two ago, Eminem has been probably not relevant. And then all of a sudden there's this him and Machine Gun Kelly thing. Oh yeah. And Machine Gun Kelly was not a household name till after that. Right. Right? Like that's become this and it's all it's either fake. And the two parties are texting and laughing because they're playing all of us. Or it's real, but it's so without substance and meaning that they're playing themselves and all of us if they get us to play into it. Right. You know, um, that's not what jiu-jitsu is. A couple years ago, it was uh, a black belt open finals at Worlds, Leandro Lowe and uh, Buchesha. And Lowe had an injury and was unable to continue. Mm-hmm. And Bucetia deferred the world championship title to Lowe. Wow. That's what this sport is about. That was one of the greatest selfless moments out there. Mm-hmm. Bucetia had won his division anyway. He's already a world champion that year on top of all the other years. Mm -hmm. And so much respect for his opponent and seeing an injury and not wanting to win that way and genuine, genuine, not a word, genuine, genuine and actual means genuine. (laughs) That's now an official Dojo Storm podcast word, trademark. (laughs) Genuine. <laughs> I like that. Well, it's close to genital. Uh, is, is that the first thing you close, heard? Yeah. Dirt bag ash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, scratch genuine because dirt bag ash will just be thinking about genitals every time. Oh my god. Genitals is such a gross word. It's a really gross word. It is. It's like just a super medical like. Like moist. 
I think you said moist on another episode. <laughs> Did I? And I remember like in going. In context. Yeah, but I just remember going like, wow, I don't know many women that say that word. It doesn't bother me, but I know it bothers other people, so I like to say it. Oh. <laughs> well, you're why the follower count just keeps going down week <laughs> after week. Jeez. Anyway, back to what the sport should be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and this, I was disappointed with the back and forth on the social media. I remember having a, a close conversation with a family member. Oh, God, I guess more than a couple weeks, you know, the election's been a while, but it was a couple months ago, right before the election. And um, they were very pro one candidate. <laughs> Classy. I'm not trying to call anyone out on their political <laughs> stuff. I don't care either way. I think they're both idiots. But they were like, tell me how great this person is. Mm. I said, uh, all right, there's no way to camouflage this. So I was like, hey, mom. <laughs> if I was still a little boy and Donald was a neighborhood boy <laughs> and every time he came to the house, he lied, cheated, stole, disrespected, mm-hmm. did any of these things, you wouldn't let me play with him. Mm-hmm. There was no response. <laughs> Not a one. And we all need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Like, athletes, politicians, musicians, actors, whatever, like, they don't get a pass to not be good, respectful humans. I would even go so far as to say that they, they, they need to be even more careful. Um, I, that's a slippery slope, too. I don't think there should be, like, a higher standard. Because we're all humans. It's a job. Yeah. I don't know. I I disagree. Well, that becomes like when you start putting people on, on like pedestals then based on, on profession. To be an actor doesn't, mean you're like well versed in anything other than pretending to be someone else so I don't know that but the difference is I think if you are like a college professor Mm -hmm. or an educator or a martial arts instructor the standard should be higher because you directly contribute to the education of other people Mm -hmm. and so both of these guys that we're talking about they're both instructors So they're black belts, they're instructors, they're students, and they're athletes. Mm -hmm. And maybe by our Western culture, it's acceptable for athletes to be disrespectful. I don't even think that is good because when you were a little kid and you played Little League, at the end of the game, win or lose, both teams lined up. And you walk past each other and you said, good game, good game, good game. Yeah. And you shook everyone's hand, you know. So where did that aspect of athletics go? Because people are making the argument, well, these guys are just athletes. Okay. You won't see this type of bullshit in the Olympics. Right. They would embarrass an entire nation. Mm-hmm. So why is it acceptable in combat sports? 
ego. But it's not their fault. It's acceptable because the fans and the participants in the community enjoy it. Yeah. And thrive on it. We've made it something that it should never have been. Right. And it's just, uh, it's sad because if everyone took the stance, we're unhappy with that, it would stop. Mm -hmm. Because this type of stuff, uh, I watched Andre's video. It was like, oh, I know it's a good way to sell a fight. No, it's not a good way to sell a fight. You know what's a good way to sell a fight? Two of the baddest dudes to ever get on the mat. On the mat. (laughs) Not on Twitter. Yeah. Not on Instagram or TikTok or whatever is cool. Mm -hmm. On the mat. Yeah. Hickson said on the mat, everyone's honest. So you can wear a crown and you can throw up your number of ADCC titles, but none of it will make a difference if these two get on the mat Mm -hmm. because we'll all know the truth after that. And if these guys were so interested in finding out the truth, they just would have set it up. That is really hard for me personally to understand because, I mean, I'm very new to this world, as we all know. Um, why haven't they done that? And why are they skirting around? And why are they not doing it? comes it? down to rule sets and they can't agree and venue and this and money and that. And those are all excuses because nobody really wants this fight. That seems so weird to me. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Like, some of those concerns are legitimate. Like, they both want a rule set that favors their style or their whatever, you know. But somebody can mediate that. There's a, there's a common ground somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it comes back to it was never about the fight. It's right. about the show. Yeah. And like I said, there are other guys from Atos now that started playing that same role. Atos used to be, I think, one of the more well-respected associations in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. You know, it had a very um, deep rooted origins in Christianity. Even Atos is Portuguese for the book of Acts. You know, this was they they one time they called Andre was the Jiu Jitsu missionary, I think was the, the title they gave him on a Budo videos rolled up mm-hmm. video podcast. And uh I don't know him personally, you know. I've been to two seminars of his. Mm-hmm. Great instruction. And I know some people who know him personally. And they say, oh, you know, Andre's the greatest guy and this and that. And I'm sure he's I'm sure he's great. He's probably a good husband, good dad, good instructor. And is it possible he just lost his way this time? Sure. Totally. Everybody makes a mistake. But when I watch that video, he touches on some of the stuff we're talking about. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's, okay, it's getting through. But then at the end, it becomes... 50% off my online course. Yeah. And I understand he wanted to do something. Yeah. So the gesture was hopefully from a good place. Like, I'm truly sorry to the community because I know I'm a well-respected, looked-after, you know, pillar of this community. 
and normally I charge X amount for this service and I would like to provide it a discount as an apology. That comes from a good place. But it, Maybe the delivery... Maybe made it free. That's tough too because it, it is life's work and there should be some value. So I see both sides. But the I would have just left that off the table. Yeah. Because, and I'm not trashing him. You know, if he's listening, like, still a fan of your work. Yeah. But the delivery came off, made everything seem less sincere. Mm-hmm. And the worst part of all of this is what it is doing to the jiu-jitsu community because on every post about this incident is a division. People who practice the same art are now at each other hatefully in the comments, also calling names and saying hateful things. And this is never what jiu-jitsu was meant to be. And I was talking about this to a, a friend on a Facebook thread, and someone I don't know jumps in and starts talking to me. I'll talk to anyone about anything, and I'm very firm in my opinions and my beliefs, and I don't get all butthurt if you don't share mine, and I don't share yours. But what I found super interesting was this other gentleman, who's also a black belt, and we're not going to, like, call out his name or where he trains or whatever. Like, it doesn't help anything. But he was so quick to say that you're on a moral high road, And that really bothered me. And people are talking about, you need to remember the beginnings of crazy jiu-jitsu and the street fights and the slaps. And if I hear the story of, you know, the guy who flew from Japan to fight Hickson one more time, like, (laughs) what is it going to take for everyone to see that all that was not correct either? Mm -hmm. That is not martial arts. That's fighting. Right. And if you're joining an academy or an MMA gym or dojo or whatever because you want to hurt people, And if that's all you get out of this after years of training is how to snap an arm or knock a dude out or or choke him out and you get a black belt, one, I have to question who gave you the black belt. Mm. Two, you missed the mark, homie. Yeah. Congrats. You are the world's most physically dangerous, unintelligent person I know respect is not just for your friends and your family your students it's for your opponents it's for your adversaries it's for your enemies even in actual war the United States soldiers are deployed They have to maintain respect for the enemy and the enemy's capability. When you lose that, you start to lose. You have to show respect all the time. This isn't optional. And if we talked about earlier, jiu-jitsu is simulated war, then you should simulate the whole thing. If... Someone stands across from you. This is what I loved about judo culture. Someone stands across from you and you bow. Even if this person is your opponent, 
even if there's a personal issue with this person, it's kept quiet and we still bow and we show respect and, and gratitude for the opportunity to improve my technique on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still going to get down and you're still going to try to best me and I'm going to try to best you. And there may be some bad blood, but we're still going to do this thing with some dignity and some respect for each other. And that feels like that's getting lost. Everybody only wants to focus on the scrap part. So the point where it almost feels like I used to tell people I don't think that MMA is a martial art. And people said I was crazy. But MMA stands for mixed martial arts. It should be like mixed fighting. That's not fair. That's a blanket statement. There are many people in, in MMA who are true martial artists and who have respect for themselves and for others, and the sport, and where it comes from, and where all the sub-disciplines that make it up come from. But I think more and more, it's cool to be a fighter. So people jump in, and they just learn how to kick some ass. And they miss the mark by a mile. The whole point of studying martial arts is to hopefully never have to use them. Right. Right? If everybody wants to talk where this shit came from, the street fights in in Rio and, you know, like, the whole point was to train for a bad day that hopefully never comes. And everything as instructors, we talk about position before submission and control and check your ego at the door. And where was all of that? On social media. Where was check your ego? Where was control? Mm -hmm. Where was position? What position do you have? Just blurting out a bunch of crap on the internet. And the whole thing came to a head when they were in the same place. And because of Gordon Ryan's persona, we expect a certain level of showmanship from him. But when I watched that video, I was shocked to find out he's not actually the one that provoked it. And then the shove. At that point, martial arts does kick in. Mm -hmm. If you shove me, and I know who you are, and I know what you're capable of, I have to do something. Mm -hmm. So I never thought I would say this on a microphone or go onto the internet. But in that instance of the video, I got to side with Gordon. He was physically assaulted by a high-level grappler with a professional mixed martial arts background. Andre is not a stranger to throwing hands or feet. He's fought MMA professionally. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in Gordon's mind, there had to be a shove as the preamble to the punch or to the kick. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think they know each other personally either. And it's crazy how in the street, and that's the street for all intents and purposes. That wasn't a sanctioned match. That was the behind the scenes of, a, of an event. Yeah. 
you don't know what the other person is thinking. You don't know where they're at mentally. The only thing those two knew was where the other one was at physically. They both know what the other one's capable of. But no one knows what the other one is prepared to do. And that whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah. But the disappointment started long before that night. And I was really hoping that this would be some sort of like shocking all wake up call to the martial arts community. So everyone would just go, no, we won't accept that. We as martial artists deserve better from our representatives than that. And it didn't go that way. It went the exact other way. Mm-hmm. For the same reason that someone has already stopped listening to this episode 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Or will unfollow after this. Or talk trash about it somewhere. It's a lack of respect. And the more I thought about over the weekend, because I knew we were doing this episode, it's not just in jiu-jitsu or MMA. It's everywhere now. For months, we watched presidential campaigns that were just hateful. Mm-hmm. And the amount of division in our country is sickening. And martial arts is supposed to be one of the last places where none of that stuff can get to us. You're supposed to be safe on the mat because everyone comes to martial arts to learn and to be better, stronger, mentally, physically, spiritually, sharper. You shouldn't have to deal with any of the ugly All you should have to deal with in martial arts is overcoming the internal ugly, the ego, the doubt. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't have to deal with the other stuff. Right. And jiu-jitsu more so than some of the others, the sport aspect, when associations started being formed in teams and dojo versus dojo, and, you know, it was always playful and fun in the beginning. And I think that was one of the elements that the Brazilians brought to it. Maybe it's from the soccer culture. But if you go to worlds like an entire association in the same shirt, filling the same section of the the bleachers, and they'll sneak in the horns and the cowbells, and they got the flags, and they're the full-on chants and team songs. And that was always playful. And even those groups of a hundred people chanting the same thing would stop to let the other side reply with their chant. Mm -hmm. It was a back and forth playful exchange between fans, supporters, and athletes while two athletes down on the mat feeding off of this electricity gave their all and their best. And at the end were still shaking hands and raising the other one's hand. Mm -hmm. This was, this is sport jujitsu still respect, still fierce, the baddest guys on earth fighting here, but respecting each other and making jiu-jitsu something we can all be proud of, something that as instructors we can show footage of that 
to the kids that we train. And just imagine if every kid in the world was forced to train martial arts and they had someone in their lives talking to them about discipline, respect for yourself. There's not a lot of self-respect in the Instagram world. And work ethic and integrity and all of these things that are just moral fibers just being sewn into these kids at a young age. If every kid in the world right now was in an environment like that, where would the world be in 10 years when they were adults? Mm -hmm. We'd have so much less bullshit. Yeah. That's supposed to be the beauty of like the mat. Because on the mat, it doesn't matter who you voted for, who you pray to, who you sleep with. You're just you. Mm-hmm. And the minute that martial arts stops being about that is, I think, the beginning of the end of it all. Mm-hmm. And so rather than this be some giant gloom and doom podcast, <laughs> what I'm hoping is to awaken the mind of some people did you go on Google, find a jiu-jitsu school so you could learn how to break someone's arm? Or did you go on Google and find a jiu-jitsu school because you wanted to be a better you? Because you had a hard time, hard time making eye contact when you talked to strangers. Or because you were a little heavier than you should be and you needed help, but were intimidated maybe by a fitness or a doctor said, hey, your blood pressure's a little high. You should do something. Mm-hmm. Or you just were so tired of sitting on the couch with no friends. And on your first day of jiu-jitsu, you had 20 new ones. Mm-hmm. Did you join jiu-jitsu to improve your quality of life? Or just to learn how to hurt people? Mm-hmm. I think that's what everyone needs to like think. Think about And when did it become cool to piss on other people? And when do we celebrate it when alleged respected members of the community begin to piss on each other for our entertainment? We need a mindset change from the jiu-jitsu community that we're not entertained. In fact, we're sad. We want more good. We want more Marcelo Garcia's. We want more Bernardo Frejia. Everybody loves that guy. We want more Lucetia. Adolfo Vieira. Vieira, sorry. We want Leticia Hibiro. I could do this all day mm-hmm. because as bad as our sport seems like it is right now, there's still legends. Legends from decades ago who did it right. So it's not all erased. It's not too late. But everyone needs to think about what jiu-jitsu is, 
but it's not, why you started it, the people that you're idolizing, if they were kids in your neighborhood, would you let your children play with them? If your child exhibited that type of behavior, would you congratulate them? Or would you discipline them? And I think that's all I have. <laughs> that exhausted me. <laughs> this is something I just, I'm very passionate. I've been, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. And it's, it's been the greatest thing I've ever done with my life. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the number of black belts. The amount of experiences I've had all over the world, the people I've met, the things I've learned and experienced, different cultures, languages, foods, friends, sightseeing, philosophy, literature, everything I've taken in, the way I think, the way I treat people. I owe everything I have to martial arts. Any success I had outside of martial arts, whether it be in school or in other careers, comes back to the core values I got in martial arts. When I was in the military, they talk about core values there too. And for a lot of people in basic training, they had a hard time, you know, remembering those, what they were and what they meant. It was easy because they had always been my core values. Maybe not in that wording or in that order, but those have been things I had been raised with. And everyone needs to get back to that. And if you don't know, you have the internet. Use it for something besides memes. Do some research about martial arts. Ask questions. Ask your professor. Ask your sensei. Ask. Ask about their journey, their instructor, the lineage. Go to the Google machine Type some stuff in. Find out about jiu-jitsu. Get a hold of this Drysdale uh, opening full excuse me, opening full guard book. Mm. Read the Gracie way. That's one version of history. <laughs> like, read. And then go beyond it. Read about judo, Jigoro Kano. Go beyond that. Read about jiu-jitsu. Read about feudal Japan. Read about the earliest recorded martial arts stemming back to China and India. And you'll start seeing that jiu-jitsu, judo, same thing. Same but different. (laughs) Russian sambo, judo, jiu-jitsu, same thing. Same but different. Mongolian wrestling. Senegalese wrestling. I probably said that word wrong. Senegal wrestling. Greco-Roman. Same thing. Same but different. Karate. Taekwondo. Kung Fu. Same thing. Same but different. All of it. But everybody wants to get so hung up. This one's better than that one. This is worthless. This is great. Slam a hole group of people why 
so stupid. It's all so stupid. <laughs> so, read a book. Have respect. Educate yourself. And if you're an instructor, educate your people. No bad students. Only bad teacher. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Karate Kid 1. But it's true. If you own a school, it is your responsibility, it is your obligation to teach more than fighting. And if all you're teaching is fighting, you have missed the mark. And if that puts me on a moral high road, I can't wait to see where it leads. And that's all I got. Let's do these questions. Okay. All right, what's first? Okay. How do you work through ruts or plateaus? Oh, this is a good one. Man, this is like a whole episode. We're going to do the short version. Um, we have a female student at our school who, uh, one of your training partners, we're going to leave her name out. She's been going through this right now. You know, we're, she's been training for over a year, was operating at a pretty high level for a white belt, great results in her last competition, and then just hit a wall. Nothing changed. No giant life changes at home, no career changes, no injury, no physical change. In fact, she's smaller now than she competed at at her last tournament. Her fitness has went up. No outside force to disrupt the training. Just truly a mental block, a wall. And she would say, my confidence is down, my confidence is down. My confidence is down, so when I get home from work, it's easier to stay home and not have to deal with that. And she's right. It's easier. But it won't fix the problem. And she was able to come to that realization on her own, which I'm super proud of her for. And then we got to talking, and she expressed, like, hey, my confidence is down, you know? <laughs> what do I do? And all I could get out was train. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, but if you're going through a rut, you got to train because your confidence and your competence, they are directly related. So if you are just feeling like you were the worst on the mat, then you need to get on the mat a lot. Mm -hmm. Example. If you're just missing arm bars every time you throw them when you're rolling, every time you throw the arm bar, boom, they're out. Then you need to throw 10,000 more arm bars. You need to raise your competency at throwing arm bars. So that means reviewing the process, the setup, the skills, and then execute, 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 execute until you can do it with your eyes closed on your good side, on your special side. <laughs> And you can just do them without thinking. No mind. Last Samurai. <laughs> when you can do it that way, your confidence will go up. Your rut will be over. And you don't have to fix your entire jiu-jitsu game to end a rut. 
You need one small victory per day. I didn't get his gas today. I only tapped 32 times instead of yesterday's 34. (laughs) I tied my belt and my instructor didn't roll his eyes because it was right for the first time ever. (laughs) When class ended and everyone was gearing down to go home, I stayed. I got one more round the highest ranking guy there I was usually too shy or embarrassed or not didn't feel good enough to ask but today I did that's a win Mm -hmm. right so the key to killing the rut is just improving by one degree and if improving by one degree means 10,000 reps or something then that's what you got to do there's no pill no shortcut no dvd you can buy no game-changing book you can read Some of you guys would buy a book and read all a couple hundred pages and at the end of it still got nothing. (laughs) Awkward silence because I'm staring at Ashley. (laughs) Because I've given her so many books to read. I read almost all of them. And you still are so lost. So yeah, that's the deal with the rut. Get on the mat and um, you work through it. That's, That's the big one. And the rut may be a week. Maybe a year. There's been a time where I went a whole year where I'm like, man, I'm not growing. So I think that's it with the rut. I guess you really haven't been training long enough to throw in anything on how do you deal with a rut. This is your first rut, like the injury. Yeah, I'm living. Okay, so how? I'm a living rut. Right, but how are you (laughs) dealing with this then? Going as often as I possibly can. I mean, aside from the injury. Despite the fact that you can't physically train, still being present. Yes. So, yeah. Hey, there you go. And that's, if your rut is injury related, then take, take the Ashley route. It's, it's not wrong. You know, it's way better than sitting home, self-loathing and woe is me, you know? So, all right. What was the next one you had? What should a white belt focus on to maximize their time on the mat? Easy. I love it when I ask white belts, what do you need help with? And they go, everything. <laughs> That's why I just wanted to go, easy. <laughs> We're even. Uh, when you're a white belt, it's almost the same thing I said to the last question for the rut. Because basically, being a white belt is being in a rut. <laughs> right? Just a really long one. So and that's, that's fine. Because everyone started there. When you're a white belt, be on the mat every opportunity you can. If your academy only has a white belt class two days a week, then you better not miss them. Mm -hmm. If it's got four, you better not miss them. Stop negotiating with yourself. Oh, I think I can do three. No, you can do four. You know you can do four, right? If you're not dead in a hospital bed or in a jail cell, you can go. Well, I have to work. Okay, that's fair. Your academy has a 6 a.m. class. Oh, I know me. 6 a.m. is just not me. (laughs) 6 a.m. is not anyone, idiot. No one is like, oh, God, I'm really happy to be up at (laughs) 6. Not on the first day, right? I teach a 6 a.m. class four days a week. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it until I get there. Once I'm past like the crusty eyes and the staggering to the shower and the grumbling about 6 a.m. jiu-jitsu, <laughs> by the time I get there, 
I'm happy I'm there. Mm-hmm. Because jujitsu is the coolest shit on earth. Mm-hmm. And I get to start my day with it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's Idaho. It's like 18 degrees in the morning. <laughs> no, I'm not happy to be getting up at 4.30 a.m. to be scraping ice off the windshield of my truck at 5.30 to drive one mile down the street <laughs> to chugging coffee just to feel my face. <laughs> no, that, that's all, all that sucks. You know, what really sucks is when you get up and it's dark out and you teach a whole class and you get in your car to go home and it's still dark out. No, that sucks. But on that dark ride home, I'm smiling because <laughs> I got to start the day with jiu-jitsu. So if you're a white belt, go. You're talking about focusing to maximize your time on the mat. Maximize your time on the mat. <laughs> you pointed to the mic when you did that. I talk with my hand. Shut your face. <laughs> you just need to get on the mat. And white belts who are scared of open mat, stop it. Go. And if you don't want to do it with open mat, we'll do that on another episode. But if you just go to open mat and you just roll the whole time, you're wasting the time. Drill something. Drill something. <laughs> Learn something. Try something. Roll. <laughs> Not just roll, not just drill, not just do shit you already know. Four things. Drill something, learn something, try something, roll. And white belts, get private lessons. You have to, because all the questions you're too scared to ask in a room full of people because everyone's going to think you're stupid, shocking, you're a white belt, they know you're stupid. It's okay, for one. Just ask those questions, right? Please. Your instructor wants you to ask questions. When he looks around the room and says, is there anyone with any questions? He's really hoping someone asks a question because he knows you're all lying. You don't all get it. Do you know how he knows? Because after you guys break, within 60 seconds, there's a hand up somewhere. I don't get it. I don't know. If you need to see it one more time, you should have said so because there's at least two or three other people who didn't get it and also want to see it, but they didn't want to be that guy either. You're paying to be there. Get your money's worth. You're at an all-you-can-eat buffet, and you're like, I'm just going to have one Skittle. (laughs) That's stupid. Load up. Ask the questions. Hey, can you do it again? Can you do it again? Don't be that guy who just wants to do it again because you like seeing whoever the uke is get choked or hurt. That's just rude. See, I'm afraid to ask that quite often because... Don't be. That's stupid. I'm afraid to ask questions too. That's stupid. Yeah. Are you afraid that your questions are stupid? Very. Do you know what's more stupid? Not asking them. Very good. (laughs) You pay to be there. Yeah. Get your money's worth. If nothing else, get your money's worth. If you want the most Western me, me, me attitude answer ever, get what you paid for. If you want to be a little bit more involved in the unit, the team, not just you, ask. Sometimes when I was a full-time student, I asked questions I already knew the answer to. 
because I knew other people around me didn't and wouldn't. Mm. It's not always about you. So get on the mat as much as you can. Ask questions. Stay away from YouTube. Get private lessons. Okay, I think we got time for one more. <laughs> what is your favorite taboo technique you'd never want your professor to see you do? That's easy. None. There's none. I have one of the coolest professors within the sport. And he has never put any limits on me. If it works, do it. Now, if you're a white belt and you're going for toe holds and knee bars, that may not be what you should be focusing on. <laughs> so I think that question, I know who wrote that question. I know exactly who wrote that question. <laughs> it's one of my students who gets in trouble often. That is Captain Wristlock. <laughs> and my thing with that is there is a, uh, a fantastic Miyamata Masashi quote from the Book of Five Rings, and I'm going to screw this up because it's coming from memory, but it is never obsess over one weapon because over-obsessing over one weapon is as useless as not having understanding of that weapon at all. If you're going... I screwed that up terribly. That's just a, a really bad paraphrase. But if you you have a... My go-to move. I hate when people say, this is my go-to move. Cool, you're a one-trick pony. Got it. <laughs> um, if you have a go-to move and your whole game, air quotes, is a funnel to get to this one move, you've missed the mark again. Your toolbox is shallow. Now, if you're a new student, and you're like, but all I got is a cross choke. Well, if that's all you got, damn it, throw that cross choke all over the place mm -hmm. until you learn how to turn the cross choke into an arm bar. And until you learn how to use that cross choke set up to do something else. You work with what you got, right? But as far as things I would never want Hobson more to see me do I would be more afraid for him to see me try to do what he does because it won't look as cool <laughs> but no there's he's never put any real limits on me um, the, the last time we were training when he was out here some of the blue belts were throwing toe holds and knee bars at each other and he was like why are they doing that because we typically what he knows of me as an instructor is over the years, I have always adhered very closely to the IBJJF rules. And so that was just out of character for me to have students doing toe holds and knee bars. And I explained to him, hey, Grappling Industries comes around. They allow these things at Blue Belt. And rather than to take my moral high road and not teach them because I don't agree with the rules, mm -hmm. I reluctantly teach them to Blue Belts because I would rather stow my personal feelings on that unsafe rule set, which I think is a unsafe rule set. Grappling Industries, unsafe <laughs> rule set. <sighs> I would rather have my guys prepared 
So even if they're not the ones throwing toeholds and knee bars, they're seeing them. They know what they look like as they're developing. They know what to do when it comes on. And they have a plan. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no real taboo technique that I wouldn't do in front of him. There are things I wouldn't do in front of him. No, I would still do it in front of him. I would just be prepared for the look. Like, really? That was dumb. (laughs) But that's cool, though. Because I'm a black belt with a white belt mind. Because when I go to train, I drill something, learn something, (laughs) try something, roll. Just never fails. He's always looking on the try something stage. And everybody feels that. It never fails. When you do the one dumb thing of the night, it's when your professor's looking. Every time. Well, you give me a lot to work with. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that was it for the questions. We managed to come in at, uh, hey, shortest episode yet, which is good because I'm tired. (laughs) And I have to get up at 4.30 to teach that 6 a.m. class that I love going to. I don't either, but I can't. You could, but we'll leave that alone. All right, touche. Word. Um, So if I had to sum this whole thing up, don't be a jerk. On the mat, off the mat, on the computer, in the street. Respect everyone you meet, even if they don't share your opinions and views. And, uh, I hope that Andre and Gordon can find a way to rebound from this. I hope that it doesn't cost them business Mm -hmm. and reputation and hurt their livelihood. That would be a shame. Mm -hmm. And I hope that if these two really want to find out who the best is, that they can find a rule set they can agree on and we'll all figure it out. But if it never happens, then I'll know it was never really about that. Mm -hmm. And do your research on martial arts. Start with where you train and its history and then go back and go back and go go back until you can't find anything else. And ask questions. And get on the mat. A lot. Have fun. That's it. (laughs) That's all I got. I'm done. What about you? Oh, I'm a woman of few words. That's a first. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that is where we leave you then. We'll try to push another episode out. Maybe we can get another one out this week. So we're a little behind right now. I think so. But we will try. This was really important. It was. This one. Touched on this topic. It's really popular right now. Yeah, this episode's probably going to be the one that killed us, though. You know what? Oh, well. Yeah, at least we'll have these really fancy microphones and this cool, switchy, <laughs> light-up, boardy thingy to play with. we got to have, you know, some of the meatier topics mixed in with the lighter topics. Hmm. It's important. King of the unpopular opinion. I'm right there with you. Word. All right. Well, I think that's it then. So let's say good night. Thank you, everyone.
I guess goodbye because they're probably going to listen to this not at night. We're not, <laughs> we're not actually live. I haven't quite figured that out yet. That you guys aren't <laughs> listening as we're recording. It's like I don't understand how technology works. All right, that's enough. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and we will uh, we will get back with you guys soon. Again, if you have questions or things you want answered on the podcast, you can shoot them into the direct message on the Instagram uh, or the Facebook, or um, I think you well, – we got the email address, I believe it is – the dojo storm at gmail.com i think it's on the website um so check that out and uh we'd love to hear from you guys or even if you don't have a question you just want to say hi and uh tell us that you love the podcast or that ashley's really annoying or that i suck which no one would ever say that (laughs) (laughs) no actually we actually got a message to say could you be nicer to ashley you did not yeah we did yeah somebody sent a message could you be nicer to ashley it's cool. I blocked them from our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. It was probably you. No. No, that was not me. It was Ashley crying in her bed, rocking back and forth. <laughs> My fake account. Could you please be nicer to Dojo Ash? And I just was like, no. You should just see. Ban, ban, ban. <laughs> They're lucky they're not in class. No, actually, I know who it was, and it was somebody you train with. Really? Yeah. But it wasn't an anonymous message. Like, dude, you should really be nicer to Ashley. <laughs> then I choked them. Oh, my gosh. And that was the end of that. <laughs> so they won't come to your defense anymore. <laughs> Only once? So unlike you. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I mean, there might have been a sneaky like. <laughs> nope, not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. That is it. Uh, so if you have questions, shoot them into us. We'd love to hear from you. Or you just want to say hi. Let us know where you train, what you're drilling, what you're repping, what you're rolling. We would love to hear from you. <laughs> and I will only roast Ashley and not you. <laughs> It, right. is, it is an entertaining. What is Oh, and roasting you? Yeah, I'm uh, sure it's entertaining for the masses. Too easy, too easy. <laughs> You'll make it harder one day. All right, that's it. I know I keep saying that, but then we keep talking, so I'm <laughs> done. So that is it for me. And this is Dojo Shane. And Dojo, Dojo Ash. Ash. She speaks. Signing <laughs> off, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Adios. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah.